message title for today is Out of Your Darkness. Out of Your Darkness. We'll be getting to the scripture in just a few minutes. I just realized I got my sheet of scriptures here that I was going to hand to our AV people, and I, it's right here. Um, but uh, there's just a couple of scriptures that we're going to review today. I'm going to talk about some other scriptures, but we'll get to that in a moment. Have you uh, ever done something that you regret? I mean, I, I'm sure we all have. It's something you regret. Maybe, uh, and for whatever precipitated the activity, you remember it, but it's something that you regret. It might be something small, but it might be something major. But some things, the things that regret, then it affects our reputation. And it's something that we carry around. And even if other people don't recall it, we recall it. Or if we're not recalling it, it seems that other people bring it up. And in this age of social media, we seem to be remembered for our worst day. And it kind of gets tagged onto us. To be honest, I don't completely understand. You know, it used to be that we'd watch certain shows on TV and they would get up and they would air all their dirty laundry. You know what I mean? Family dirty laundry, whether it was Jerry Springer or whatever the show might be. And you're like, why are these people sharing all this information out in the public? And for some reason, people think that they share in the social media, they share all their private information. And I'm thinking, wow. And then later, somebody, and they're like, well, I deleted the post. Yes, but somebody screenshot it. I mean, there's even, there's even uh, social media apps out there that they're like, it's just gone. It's there for an instant, and then it disappears. So you're fine. You are, as long as nobody screenshots that post. But it seems like people put things out there, and then they regret it, or they have an open feud with their spouse, or they make a political comment, or a this comment or to that comment, and then they regret it. But there's other things that people have done that, that are a little more out there, and it's a little more involved, and, and they re regret it. And so they kind of live almost in a darkness. They live in a fear. They walk down the street, and they, they wonder, do they know? Or maybe they walk into the church, and they say, do they know? Do they remember? And so it kind of it's a haunts us. And maybe some of the things that you did in your past, because anymore they go and they dig up things that go all the way back so that when you were a minor, you said something, or a very much younger person, you said something, then they remember it, regardless of what you do to overcome it, they still, they still remember it and they try to bring it back up. And maybe the things that you did is because you were searching for happiness. Maybe you're trying to get uh, grouped into the group by saying certain things or doing certain things. Or maybe you were doing things trying to be happy. Maybe like, you know, there's the old song that says, like the woman at the well, I was searching for things that could not satisfy. And then I heard the Savior speaking, drink from my well that never shall run dry. But maybe the activities that you've been involved in are those things, or, and it might be that you're not involved in it now, but you were at one time, and it didn't satisfy, and 
and, but you were trying to find out. The lady of the well that I'm talking about, of course, uh, if, is the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman, first she was a Samaritan woman, and the Jews didn't really even associate with the Samaritans. And Jesus speaks to this woman at the well, and, and you could speculate that the reason that she was there by herself with, instead of with everyone else is because she had several husbands, several men. She was in that search of happiness, and nothing was satisfying, but Jesus met her where she was at. Or maybe you're like that woman they bought, brought, that, that they brought, and uh, they brought before Jesus because she was caught in the very act of adultery. She had had uh, relations, as it were, uh, with a married man, or maybe she was married, I don't know, but they caught her. And the very act of adultery, you don't see them, they didn't drag the man down, but they did drag her, and, and they threw her down, as the speak were, or presented her to Jesus. And says, you know, look what she did. What are you going to do about it? And so she's ridiculed. You know, the woman at the well had a reputation. She'd been searching this one. This woman, maybe in her indiscretion, something maybe she thought was no one else knew. She got caught in it. And now she's been humiliated in front of everyone that's around her. Or maybe you're the woman, like the woman that had the issue of blood. Twelve years she had had this issue of blood. And that scripture it talks about is when we think about the issue of blood, it's probably, you know, a woman has a certain activity once a month. And she just had this continually for 12 years, I think is, is what is implied by the scripture. It says the 12 years, but if you think about it, having that all along. And so she would be considered what? Unclean. Unclean. She's unclean, so... She's, she's the woman, you know, that talks about if I can just touch the hem of his garment. But she was unclean. She's kind of like, she's kind of like a leper. You know, we have lepers today, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about what I mean by that. But all of these are examples of, that's of someone that Jesus was able to make the difference in. The woman at the well proclaimed... Come see the man. Come see the man who told me all that I had ever done. Isn't that interesting? Come see the man that told me all that I had ever done. You know, if you've done things that you regret in your past, you don't really want them to be brought up. And you don't want to keep bringing them up, but it's just... Come see the man that told me all that I'd ever done. You know, maybe before she didn't want to bring it up in public, but now it didn't seem to matter to her so much because Jesus knew, but Jesus still cared. Even with all that history and all that reputation, but Jesus knew, but Jesus still cared about her. And when we talk about the woman caught in idolatry, Jesus, they bring her to her and Jesus writes something in the, in the dirt, and then looks up and says, uh, basically, who, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And he go, re, leans down again, and basically after that point, they're all caught up in their conscience, and they leave. And Jesus looks up and says, where are, those, where are your accusers or your condemners? Or, and she says, basically, they're gone. 
Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. See, she had been humiliated. She went to Jesus, and Jesus was able to address her need as well. And like we talk about the woman at the, the woman with the, the issue of blood for 12 years, considered unclean. She was kind of like the leper. The leper. You know, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, we talk about lepers and were unclean, and they were supposed to shout, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. You know, in today's society, you can think about all the different things that people are labeled as lepers. We don't call them lepers, but we, we might associate. They're the outcast. Nobody wants anything to do with them. They're called out. They're cast away. It can get be for whatever reason. During COVID, there were so many divisions. During COVID, there was so much said. And churches split. Friendships annulled. We decided that it, all these people were lepers. Some targeted in social media, some targeted for at work, lives ruined for mistakes made and said that, like we said, when they were minors, or maybe it's just because of their opinion, but they made mistakes in the minors and they can't overcome them. And, and there's frustration because people that are doing things as an adult that are worse aren't held accountable. There's no justice, it would seem, and there's no fair justice. It just doesn't seem a mess, and you're just in this darkness. You know, for some, it's, you know, if you're walking around and you're, you're not getting fair judgment, you've tried to make things right, nobody gets it, and you're, you're trying to figure it out, and wherever you go, you just, it won't let go. You know, for some, it's not easy to move on from past mistakes, even if the people around them have moved on. It's just hard to let it go. But then at other times, people keep stirring it up. You know, for sometimes, for, for, for some, we set, a, we set an unachievable perfection that we can't, we can't even hit. We set our boundary up so high that we can't even hit it. And so when we can't hit it, we give up. And we settle in that moment for something that's less, oh well. And then after we get through the old well moment, we wake up to our senses again and we kind of look back and you're like, oh, I missed so far again. I didn't even hit my own level of expectation of perfection. And then so, and I look at, I went down again. And so it's almost becomes this cycle, a spiral. And it piles and it piles and it piles on. And we're reminded of it, and others reminded of us, and we just kind of get tired and we can't sleep. And in Matthew eleven twenty eight, and I would ask if we could turn to that. We're going to read Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all you that labor are in heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Verse 29 says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, all you are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's like you're trying to carry a load that is impossible for you to carry. And you keep piling onto it, and you pile onto it, and then you can't get it done. And then you look back, and it's just more rubble, more mess when you're worn out. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light, because Jesus knows what you can handle. And if you join in him with him in this yoke of labor, and you allow yourself to rest in Christ and say, If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. You know, sometimes when God forgives you, you have to allow yourself to be forgiven. When God forgives you, you've got to allow yourself to be forgiven. You might have to forgive yourself. And other people might set expectations on you and and expect certain things out of you, but, you know, the one that matters is Christ. And you've got to get to the point that if he's okay with it, then I'm okay with it. That's how we find our way out of this darkness, but the big part of it is that we allow him to forgive us. You know, are you tired of running from your own reputation? And it, it might be a reputation that others have of you, but, you know, if you walk around trying to figure out what everybody else is thinking of you, you're going to be a really tired person because as you walk through the mall or you walk out, down through the street, somebody's going to look at you and they're going to unjustly judge you. You can't be accountable for all that. And you're going to walk down there and you're going to pick on and you're going to apply guilt to yourself based on what you think they might be thinking about you. That's a heavy burden to bear. Wouldn't it be so much easier to say, God, I don't understand all these different things. Everybody expects certain things of me. I want to be where you want me to be. And if we settle in and say, okay, God, what you expect, and you're going to help me to do that, will I do? And just be happy in that. It would be less tiring. Because, see, he is a just judge. He is a compassionate judge. And he, key, he cares about us. He will, he will allow us something that we can aspire to, that we can meet, and things that matter. So maybe you can be like that woman of the well, that it would seem that she came to the point that it didn't matter so much that everybody knew. She may not want to broadcast it. She didn't say... Here, let me tell you all the things he told me that I did and everything that I've done. But I will tell you that this man knows everything that I have done. And see, Jesus still offered her the living water. Maybe you're tired of walking around in fear. So let us turn now to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. 
want to read for you verses 11 through 18. Now you might recognize some of this. We've touched on some of this and we're going into the Easter time. About Christ coming and coming as a sacrifice. But there's something that sometimes we miss in here. Or maybe we miss. I won't be declarative on that. But verse 11, Hebrews chapter 10. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he had, for after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. We read over that quickly, but I want to slow down and I want you to hear, hear it. This is, uh, he's quoting here, this is a reference to Jeremiah. Verse 17, then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Don't you wish some people would forget the things that you, used, you did before? Are those, those things that you regret, you just be, wish people would forget? It says here that Jesus, it says that he will remember them no more. <clears throat> I don't know how he doesn't do that, how he doesn't remember him the more, he's omniscient. But maybe it's the point that he knows, but it doesn't matter. If you think about the word, as we read through scripture, it says that we can be justified. Some people use the definition for justified as just as if I'd never. His memory is such, it's just as if I'd never done it. Yes, there's consequences and things, but it doesn't matter, they count as... Settled, the books are clear. The old songs, you know, the old account is settled. Isn't that something? The account's clean. When he died before the, on the cross for our sins, he provided us access to a remedy to our reputations. Yes, people might remember. Social media may remember. But when the one you care about the most cares about it the least and forgives you, then it matters less. When the one that cares about, the one you care about the most, cares about it the least and forgives you, then it matters less. Let me say it a different way. When you bring your past to Jesus and he forgives you, your future gets brighter as you leave the darkness behind. When you bring your past to Jesus and he forgives you, your future gets brighter as you leave the darkness behind. Out of the shadows. You continue in that scripture. In Hebrews you would find it says, Therefore, brethren, verse 19, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. 
regardless of what our past is, regardless of what our reputation is, when the blood of Jesus is applied, we now have access to before, go before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords into the holy areas. Because Jesus died on the cross. Where else do you need to worry about going? If we care what Jesus cares about, and we make that enough, we think about the scriptures, take no thought for tomorrow. Can you just think about how much more peaceful that is, how much more rest there is if we say, I've done wrong. Dear Jesus, forgive me. And know that when he does that, as scripture says, he casts it in the sea. He casts our sin in the sea. Here it says he forgets it. The, clay, the, the slate is clean. And we move on to the point that no longer are we not an outcast from Jesus, but we now are accepted into where we could go to the throne of God. Doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. I watched someone, I don't know who it was. It was some, I don't even know where I saw it, but it basically came up and it, it talked about the individual that was the thief on the cross. And as the thief of the cross, you know, Jesus says, Today you will be with me in paradise. As the thief on the cross came into heaven, they said, Okay. Do you understand? Have you studied uh, you know, these parts of the Old Testament? Have you went through this particular process? Have you done uh, these kinds? He says, no, I don't know what those processes are. Have you done these kinds of things? Uh, no, I, I don't understand. But weren't you, weren't you up there as a thief on the cross? Yes, what are you doing here? You know, do you, do you, do you, did you go through... Did you do? Then why do you think you're allowed to be here? Well, that's the, the man that died on the cross with me, next to me. The guy in the center cross, he said that I could come. Jesus said that I could come. Well, you can't get any better reference than that. If Jesus says that I can come to heaven, if Jesus says that I am okay, then I'm okay. I can rest in that. You can have all your other complaints and all your others, oh, you're not good enough over here, you're not smart enough over there, you're too stupid, you're ugly, you're whatever you think it might be, oh, you used to, but Jesus says it's okay, you can come. Jesus says, I died for you. You're forgiven. You can come. Jesus says, I'm happy with you. You're walking in the center of my will. You can come. That's good enough. Let's make that good enough. That's when the burden becomes easy. Come unto me, all ye that labor, and I, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Come out of the darkness. 
come out of the darkness. And then care more about Jesus. Care more about what Jesus thinks than what, about what other people think. Amen? Let's be standing together. Scripture talks about those that have... It talks about coming into the light. That's coming out of the darkness. Come out of your darkness through the blood of Jesus. Father God, I pray. Father, there might be some that are hurting and some that are challenged and some that are regretting and they're just tired and they're weary and they're in a darkness. They walk in fear that someone might remember, someone might see, someone might say. And Father, they're in their own darkness as well as the pressure that they're placing on themselves and the regrets that they have. And there seems to be no solution, but Lord, we thank you that in dying on the cross, shedding your blood, when you were buried, you were risen, and you ascended, you're coming again. We're thankful that we have access, a means, a way to come out of the darkness if we just consume it, as it were, as we just through grace, through your grace, by faith, you save us from our sins. And then it's not on our account anymore. You forget it. It's wiped out. We don't have to walk in fear. We don't have to walk in darkness. And if other people know, other people know. But you know and you love me and you forgave me because I accepted your forgiveness. And I'm not sinning in it anymore. I'm following you and that's good enough. Help us to get to the place that where you, when you're pleased with this, that is good enough. That we wouldn't seek the praise of men but the praise of you. And then when we get there, that it's good enough. And as you say, okay, I want to train you. I want you to go a little farther. I want you to go a little deeper. And as we stop, walk out in faith, regardless of what other people say, that it's good enough. May we be like Noah building the ark and nobody understood. And they might have assailed us. Told us how ignorant we are. But we were following you. We're following you that it's good enough. And though other people ridicule us and they spit on us, that we know that you were ridiculed, that you were spit on, on your way to the cross. By your stripes we are healed. Help us to accept your love. Help us to accept your forgiveness as we ask you for forgiveness. And may we forgive ourselves and allow you to heal us. Heal our emotions, heal us in our spirit. And that, Father, we can walk in the joy that you have for us, we pray in Jesus' name.